Arkansas puts the brakes on Chinese land grab, a South Carolina elementary school breaks from parents, and a deep dive into a career politician in South Carolina who is accelerating financial connections with opposing factions in the Middle East, and so, so much more. Let's get into it. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Magnifying Glass podcast. I am your host, Elena Moore, and today we have a very special episode. We're going to do a quick little rundown of some highlighting stories, but we're going to talk and go really deep into the recent article that Palmetto State Watch just released on Joe Wilson and some of his foreign friends that he is keeping very close. But before I get into that, I want to highlight a few things that have been happening this week in the news. The first one is that Arkansas is the first state to force a Chinese company to give back its land. I'm announcing that Syngenta, a Chinese state-owned agrochemical company, must give up its land holdings in Arkansas. Syngenta owns 160 acres in Northeast Arkansas, which it uses primarily for seed research. The company that owns Syngenta, Kim China, is also on the Department of Defense's list of Chinese military companies posing a clear threat to our state. Seeds are technology. Chinese state-owned corporations filter that technology back to their homeland stealing American research and telling our enemies how to target American farms. That is a clear threat to our national security and to our great farmers, especially since the Chinese government enacted a law in 2017 requiring Chinese citizens abroad to collaborate with their country's security officials on intelligence work with no questions asked. This isn't about where you're from. We welcome Chinese Americans, Russian Americans, and anyone else who's given up foreign oppression for American freedom. This is about where your loyalties lie. We simply cannot trust those who pledge allegiance to a hostile foreign power. That's why I signed Act 525, sponsored by Representative McKenzie and Senator Boyd, to ban Chinese and Russian-made drones. And it's why I signed Act 758, sponsored by Representative McAlinden and Senator Stubblefield, banning public contracts with the CCP. We will make sure that every company operating in Arkansas is a friend to Arkansas and good to hardworking Arkansans. Secretary Ward has already notified Syngenta about this decision. If they refuse to sell, our Attorney General can move forward with legal proceedings and force them to get out of our state. Arkansas will always protect our farmers and our national security interest. It's nice to actually see a state fight back against China. This seems to be the first one as of yet, and I'm really hoping that other states follow Arkansas's lead. But that's not the only thing that happened. Paul Krugman is carrying water for the Biden administration. If you want an example of how dishonest the academics guiding the direction of both education and policy in today's technocratic culture, look no further than the illustrious Paul Krugman. He declared victory over inflation with perhaps the most cherry-picked chart of all time. Figures lie and lies figure as they always say. Now, Palmetto State Watch also received a very interesting piece of paper that is being handed out at an elementary school about a field trip 
with no chaperones allowed. I do have a question for public school parents. Is this normal? No chaperones for a third to fifth grade field trip? From what I see, background checks are becoming more normal, but it appears from this announcement that it wasn't even presented as an option. This photo is from Richland Carroll Elementary in Bamberg, South Carolina. It's odd that the flyer states that they're, they've only had incomplete background checks when at least one parent we have confirmed has a background check on file at this school because she has been a substitute teacher and is very highly involved in the PTA there. Apparently, this mother had the background check, like I said, had been involved with PTA and offered to drive her own vehicle after being told there was no room on the bus. But of course, she was still told no that she couldn't attend. Well, let's look a little bit at what she's not able to attend. This elementary school is planning to take third, the third to fifth graders to a play that is being held at the Coker Center in South Carolina. Mind you, the Coker Center is huge. So it's very hard for me to imagine that there is limited seating like they state. And there there are multiple field trips I've seen like this. And they're usually welcoming chaperones and parents to kind of be involved. But this one expressly says in all caps, no chaperone. That's interesting. The field trip is going to the Coger Center to see Have You Filled a Bucket Today, the musical. So that is what it's called, Have You Filled a Bucket Today. So I decided to do, of course, a little digging into what this play actually is. And it's actually based off of a book, which is supposedly a heartwarming book encouraging positive behavior by using the concept of an invisible bucket to show readers how easy and rewarding it is to express kindness, appreciation, and love by filling buckets. It will help readers better understand that quote-unquote bucket dipping is a negative behavior, not a permanent label. It also explains that it is possible to fill or dip into our own buckets. Now that sounds all well and good on the surface, but I could definitely see how that could be easily hijacked. And you have to remember, this is not just a book being read. It is a play that is the interpretation of a book. I did some research and it seems that this play is really big right now. A lot of children's theaters are playing it. But I started looking a little deeper into, okay, who is this being pushed by? This book. And it's actually being pushed by a lot of social justice programs. Uh, Sharon Carter, who is running for a state senate seat in that area, in Bamberg, even shared that in the comments when we posted this on Facebook, on Palmetto State Watch's Facebook page. So... Do your own digging. Let me know what you think. Is this an overreaction? Is it normal for elementary schools to tell parents that there will be no chaperones and no parents are allowed to come even if they are on their own dime? Or is this something that we should be worried about? Is this something that could be hijacked? I tend to lean yes, but I would love to know your thoughts on this. 
Now, I do want to note that there was a commenter on that Facebook post that we put it out that stated that Greenville schools have field trips without parents. But I do want to have a disclaimer. I don't know what grades that are. That was a claim that was made. I don't know what grades. It could have been high school, middle school, you know. I'm not sure, and I don't know what school it was. That was just a comment that was made. But I do want to point out it's very different when there are no chaperones for a high school field trip versus no chaperones on a third to fifth grade elementary school field trip. So let me know your thoughts on that. Yesterday, I spoke with my co-founder of Palmetto State Watch and our chief muckraker slash FOIA extraordinaire, Janice Price, about her recent dig into Representative Joe Uli Wilson. You can find the full article of her writings on this dig that she did at palmettostatewatch.com. But I wanted to give you an exclusive, closer look into how this dive was started and what led to it. So some of the things you're going to hear is not in the article, but it's very interesting of how Janice goes through this because her brain works a different way. I have always been amazed by how she can just research and the things that she finds from it. So this is just a little taste of what she has done recently. Take a listen. Janice is here with us today and she's going to explain some of the research that she has done into Representative Joe Wilson. He is known for a lot of times the you lie saying that he picked up. <laughs> in 2008 or was it around 2008 when Obama was in office and yelled at him that you lie and a lot of people will think that oh he's conservative but actually in the state of South Carolina his roots run very deep he's the father of our attorney general Alan Wilson and I believe his other sons run or at least have a stake in Palmetto State Armory the Wilsons seem to be everywhere yeah well, and I mean, he does, I, he's been in office for a long time and I don't doubt, you know, he's, he seems very socially conservative, you know, pro-life. Um, and I know that he did, you know, stand up for Trump back mm -hmm. in 2020. He was one of the few. So he does have that. Um, but he is on the, um, the, uh, the foreign affairs committee. And that, to me, it just shows, you know, I think he focuses more of his attention to him being on that committee as opposed to what his constituents back home are, you know, necessarily wanting him to do. And I don't know, to me, I'm, I'm, I just have a, you know, a little bit of a concern about where his allegiances lie if, since he's on that committee, um, and somebody recently was I've had several people ask me well how do you how do you find out you know about their campaign finances and what about Joe Wilson's finances and so I just um I started looking myself and I um it's if you go to the uh for any federal electric official if you go to fec.gov website there's a treasure trove of information on there you can look up um campaign contributions by individual you can you know 
if you want to do a vanity check and see if your name's on there, um, see if you've done anything, you can look up the zip code. You can look up by, um, uh, you can look up by representative or any elected official or any, um, any person who's running for office, you can, and once you find their name, you can then, you can do some sorting and filtering within the website itself, or you can actually download it into a spreadsheet and further filter on your own and do some in-depth research, which is what I did with some of um, Joe Wilson's uh, campaign contributions. You can also look at their disbursements, what they're spending money on. I haven't gotten into that yet, but that can sometimes be interesting as well. Basically, I looked at his contributions and I had looked at them a couple of years ago and noticed that there were a lot of uh, foreign nationals, individuals that that were contributing to him. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, we do live, you know, he does uh, represent us here in Aiken with Savannah Riverside. So several of the companies that have interests at the Savannah River site, um, they also contribute to his campaign, which isn't really surprising. I mean, it's not really surprising seeing all these uh, military industrial complex um, companies contributing to him. But at the same time, you know, when when that's where the bulk of their contributions come from, and that's where the bulk of their, um, you know, time and energy is spent, you know, looking at, you know, what is the, um, what's going on overseas, and uh, I know somebody had noted that in Jan back in January uh, that they saw that they went to his office in Colombia and he had the Ukraine flag flying right below the American flag and kind of took a bit of an issue with that. And, and he it's has just, a it lot of signs that are, I stand with Ukraine. He would always wear that pin that had the American flag and the Ukraine flag crossed. And I believe sometime early in 2023 he was petitioning or lobbying i don't know what you want to call it for a bust of Zelensky to be was it in the, sta in the state house or yeah, i mean that's um, right. that's right. a big one yeah i guess i guess they did say that somebody there was some outside funding for that or something but it was still his petition um to put that out there and i just again it's it's kind of the thing where, you know, we're spending so much time and energy on, on what's going on outside our country when our country is in shambles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I noticed that Biden is heading to Israel this week or something. And yeah, Lindsey Graham's a big fan of that. He's super yeah, excited. And, and yet, I mean, we had natural disasters and fires and whatnot in our country and you know, he couldn't be anywhere near, he wasn't found nowhere near those. So, yeah. um, it's just, it's just telling where, where these, uh, politicians, um, where, you know, where their, um, efforts are headed, you know, and what they're doing with them, with their time and energy. So, so where do you think Joe Wilson's allegiances lie from all of the research that you've done and the money that you see going in, especially this past year, because he's been very vocal about Ukraine. And now all of a sudden he's been very vocal about standing with Israel. So yeah. from what you found through his donations, what does that correlate with what he's saying? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, you see the, the 
all the military industrial complex companies, um, the ones with the big federal contracts, there a lot of them are contributing to him. There's the um, American Israel. It's a long, it's a pack. I wrote about it in that article and they contributed a good amount of money actually to him. They, they contributed about, it was a little over $40,000, I believe. And I think I, when I figured out the average for all the people who had received money, it was around 27,000, but that was not all of the representatives and senators had received money. In fact, Lindsey Graham hadn't even gotten money from that pack. Um, but it seemed that it's interesting because that pack, it does allow for people to, um, they, they claim they're nonpartisan or bipartisan. Um, so they, they do get some earmarked funds from, you know, people, individuals or conservatives, and they want it to go to their conservative candidate. Um, but when, when the money comes in, I guess just comes in in general, most of it is going to the Democrats. Um, the Senator Menendez who had recently been indicted from New Jersey, he had actually gotten over a million dollars. And there were several, there were several, um, reps slash senators who had, who had gotten over, you know, six figures plus from the American Israel PAC. Um, and wow. most of them were Democrats. Yeah. And that was just, that's just this calendar year. I didn't mm -hmm. go back and see what they'd have done in years past. But um, it's interesting because some of them, like the guy Menendez, his were coming in, you know, $3,300 increments, you know, very in very frequent, you know, donations over the course of the year. But then uh, Joe's had came in at the end of March. They came, his, his, he got like $25,000 in three payments. So um, I thought that wasn't, that's what kind of set me off to it, researching that pack to begin with. And I noticed that um, one of the, and this is something I haven't really dived into yet too much, but one of the packs that um, gives money to the American Israel, um, it's a long, what's the pack name? I don't have my computer right in front of me. American one Israel of the, Public Affairs Committee pack. That's right. Such a long word. I No wonder I couldn't remember at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um so so there's this organization that's similar to act blue that's called Ener energized democracy and um that was actually started i believe around 2008 by the same guy who started act blue jonathan zucker and energized democracy is is similar platform where people can donate money and it can go to um, any candidates. Now they claim to be nonpartisan, but again, if you look at where money goes, especially money that's not earmarked, it's mostly funneled into um, the Democrat coffers. So one of the, this is, is kind of weird because places from energized democracy were putting money into this American Israel pack. But then if you look at American Israel PAC's disbursements, they actually had very large, like twenty, thirty thousand dollar multiple disbursements back to energized democracy. So um I haven't really looked into it that much, but it, it they called it a processing fee. So 
I'm not really sure what that means, but I'll, I'll leave that up to y'all to figure out and think about, um, and maybe write in some comments, what you think that's about. Oh, definitely. And I, one thing that I think is really odd is mainstream media makes it seem as if the Democrats are all staying with Palestine because of where BLM is going. And, but if you look at the donations of who receives money from Israel, and if you see, if you look at who is voting to send money to other countries, Ukraine, Israel, mm-hmm. it is a bipartisan issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is where, you know, they, they say that I've heard, you know, thrown around that both sides are funded by the same people. And it's a matter of just, you know, trying to stir up, um, you know, dis- division, both in our country and overseas in order to um, fund the war. One of the things that I found was that some of the, at least one of the people that was supporting, um, actually supported both um, Joe Wilson and Bob Menendez was a, I think, I think that's what I said. The general is a, somebody who had at least one individual could be more, um, who were in favor of a regime change in Iran. And there was a rally in New York, probably about two and a half weeks before the, um, Hamas attack in Israel. That was a free Iran and, you know, let's have a regime change over there. And Lindsey Graham was on, I don't know what news outlet recently. And he, one of the things that he said in regards to this whole thing over in Israel is, you know, we need to have a regime, regime change in Iran. So I just have to wonder if some of what's going on isn't heading toward, you know, changing, you know, changing regimes over there. Um, and again, yep. I, I, you know what, I, look, the people over there, if that's what they want to do and whatever, I, I really, you know, it, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, mm-hmm. it, if that's what they want to do, then, then that's fine. But I don't know how much we should really be involved in that sort of thing. Um, it's their country. The, yeah, I know. Yeah. But we, America, <laughs> It seems that our elected officials think they have more say in other people's government than the citizens do there or the civilians Mm -hmm. and they get paid for it. I mean, you've got the, the big plants, if you want to call them plants in America or in Iran that are wanting certain things done. And they're, I believe tasked with certain agendas to complete, just like you were saying, starting free iran rallies weeks leading up to the israel hamas war whatever you want to call it and then lindsey graham hopping on fox news and suggesting that america bombs iran Mm -hmm. i wouldn't call that a coincidence yeah yeah and again i mean i i do not agree with any of the terrorist tactics at all i think it's horrific and i just i i I don't i don't contone that at all i um want to make that very clear (laughs) um again i just point to what's going on in america 
uh, the scenes at our borders are um, horrific from what I've seen. And having lived overseas and seeing what happened in Italy and other parts of Europe, this was back in like 2015, 16, when, I mean, it's still happening today, but there would be boats just washing up on the shore of Sicily and Southern Italy. And they'd come across, these rafts would come across from Africa. And then the people were just, they're flooding in. And it was, it was where I was, it may have been different in other areas, but where I was, it was mostly males. And um, I would go to, I remember going down to the train station in downtown Naples, which years ago you would go and you have to guard your um, backpack from being pickpocketed by the gypsies. But um, the last time we went was, was, it was in 2016, the streets were just lined with people from Africa. I mean, the lined. And so the, and, and even the small towns, they were just, they were just everywhere. And um, it was, it was really hard for those small towns because they didn't really have the infrastructure to deal with the influx of people like that um so it was it changed it and you know for i have to say this, this is a bit of an aside it has nothing to do with campaign contributions or anything but uh for all the all the um what people say you know oh we're we're racist in america and you know every every country has every nation is not nation every people they tend to be a little bit self-centered and racist you know like um but over in italy what i witnessed there were there was a lot of uh i'd say racism against the the people that were coming in from africa they were oh, wow. they weren't happy that they were there a lot of them were treated them very poorly mm. so um much much worse than anything i've ever really witnessed here um you know just verbally you know on the bus accosting people that were from from another country so yeah you um, could definitely say that america or americans think they're center stage and only everything happens here but mm -hmm. i would say what we experience can be mild when it people use the words racism yeah for sure but all that to say to bring it around to the campaign stuff i just you know, again, I mean, our southern border, it's what's happening there is really going to change the face of America um, over the coming years. Something small um, that I was, you know, thinking about recently was just, you know, car insurance. Um, it is kind of expensive in South Carolina compared to other places I've lived. But when, when I lived in California, um, a lot of the people that were there illegally did not carry insurance and they tended to be involved in a greater number of accidents. And so um, insurance rates, you know, were a lot higher there. And so I'm bracing myself because knowing that there's an influx of um, people who are likely to not be carrying insurance and driving on the roads, we're probably going to see, start seeing a lot more of that, even in our small towns, even in South Carolina soon. I think it's, I mean, it may take a little while to get to that point, but I think those are things that, that we don't even think about how it's going to affect us, but it's, you know, mm -hmm. it is. Well, I know, didn't I see that Egypt and another country said, no, we're not going to accept any refugees 
Yeah, because Israel, from what I saw, sent them to, it said, just go to Egypt's border. Egypt was blocking them, and I believe Israel bombed some of the individuals that were there. That's mm -hmm. at least what the citizens' reports are there, is that they were mm -hmm. told to go there, and then they were bombed by those that told them to go there. Um, and Egypt was blocking anyone from coming in. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, you these know, other I countries have border policies i i wonder what that's like <laughs> well, i don't know well thank that's you so it. much janice for coming and explaining all of the hard work that you've been doing and you have been our research guru for palmetto state watch and i just love seeing everything that you're putting out nonstop. so everyone definitely needs to key in keep up with palmetto state watch and follow us on social media and sign up for our weekly newsletter because that's where all a lot of our stuff comes out on. So just a little um, note as well, when Janice was referring that democracy energized or energized democracy, she actually meant uh, democracy engine. That's what it's called. If you want to do your own digging, if you find anything, definitely let us know. But thank you so much for joining us today on the Magnifying Glass podcast. We delve deep, bringing the overlooked into focus and magnifying the stories that matter to you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share, helping us shine a light on even more discoveries. I'm your host, Elena Moore, and remember, sometimes the smallest details make the biggest difference. Until next time, keep looking closer.